Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Our theme for this year is to invest your life. It's about saying to Jesus, you own it all. He doesn't say to you, you need to work harder. He says, you need to invest more. I want all of you because it's the best thing for you. So carrying that theme back into our study of Acts, we're in Acts chapter 19, and the title of the message today is An Incomplete Transaction. Have you ever done that? you ever had a transaction you thought was complete, but it really wasn't? Maybe you used your credit card on one of those machines and you put it in, but you took it out too soon. And you didn't actually buy anything. Or maybe you were shopping online and maybe you've done this and you're like, oh, I want to get this and that and I really want these really cool house shoes, right? Or something like that. I, I really want that, that shirt. I really, and you put it in your cart, right? Online, that's what you do. And then, but you actually have to do the transaction at the end, right? Where you check out. And sometimes maybe you were about to buy, you thought you were buying, but you got interrupted. A loved one, a wife, a husband, a child said to you something, and you got distracted, and you've been looking for that thing to appear at your doorstep, but it never does, because the transaction was actually incomplete. You know, you, you don't own the house until, even if you sign all the papers, which is, how big is that stack, if you've ever bought a house? And how much do you know about what's actually in that stack? Yes, Mr. Thomas, this piece of paper means that if you get malaria, you'll still own the house or something random like that. You know, what is this I'm signing? Your life away. That's what you're signing. We now own your first child. But if those papers that you sign never get filed, you don't own the house, do you? You just think you do. You can sign them, but if they don't get filed, if the transaction is not completed, you don't ever own the house. This week, we had, uh, Julie and I had baseball tickets because baseball's back. It's so good, right? We went to see the most exciting, wonderful team in the world, the St. Louis Cardinals. We were going to see them in uh, Jupiter, and it was really exciting. I was fired up. I had my Cardinal jersey on, and I came home, and I got in the car. I got in Julie's car because she actually had gas, and uh, I, um, I pushed the button. Nothing. And you push it over and over again. Nothing happens. I kind of miss the days where you cranked on it and went, and then, you know, it never started. But you felt like something might happen, right? Today you just push that button, nothing happens. Okay, well, let's get in the other car. I got in the other car, drove to the gas station, and put a few gallons in. We were starting to run late. And I jumped back in the car, and I hit the button on that car. A different car, mind you. Nothing. Nothing. Two cars within 10 minutes going nowhere. Now, some of you who are pagans are thinking, maybe you shouldn't go to the game, Steve. Maybe God wanted you to stay home and pray and read the Bible. That's what you should have been doing. That's what he was saying to you in that moment, right? I know, I know you, you spiritual people are thinking that. But I bought tickets. I had my jersey on. So I did what... I do sometimes. I call my neighbor. I said, Tom, listen. Tom, could you do me a huge favor? Could you just come down here and jump my car? I'm sure it'll start. He goes, yeah, 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 I'll be right there. 
So Tom comes in his very nice truck. He pulls up. He tries to jump the car. Guess what happens? Nothing. And so you know what Tom did? I said, well, let's just get a tow truck, you know. We both use this shop not far away. We'll just tow it over there. You know, we'll go to the game another day. He goes, well, you have tickets? I said, yeah, I have tickets. He goes, no, you're taking my truck to Jupiter. And I thought, I can't do that. You know how you can't do it, but I really want to. <laughs> I can't put you out like that, man. You're going to be waiting for this stupid truck, and then you've got to go to the shop. And it's, you know, I he goes, no, I insist. Here's my keys. Get in the car and go right now. And my neighbor has a way of speaking that everyone kind of does what he says. And so we got in the car. We drove to Jupiter. We saw a glorious game. It was fantastic. We got to be on ESPN. Just, uh, yeah, we, were, we, got, we walked up behind home plate and we were like this. And <laughs> our moms in Kentucky could see us. It was incredible. Here's, you say, why do you tell us? Here's the point. You see, Tom was dead set on getting us where we needed to go. We ran out of our own resources. We reached out, and Tom made sure we made it all the way to the transaction being completed to the game. Some people are spiritually like that. Life has, you've got a good start, you've got your spiritual jersey on, your spiritual clothes on, and you, you kind of made some progress, but at some point, you kind of ran out of gas or you ran out of battery power, and you really got stalled out, and you never made it to the end. You never made it to the game. You never made it to the place where the Holy Spirit lives with you and you are, was in you and you are saved. And, and you don't know why and you're kind of stuck at the gas station trying to start a car that's never going to start. Well, that's what we're talking about today, an incomplete transaction. Many people have an incomplete transaction with Jesus. Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. Acts chapter 19 beginning in verse 1. And let me just set the stage. This is the beginning of Acts, and Acts is really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. We think of it as the Acts of the Apostles, the followers of Jesus. But really what Acts is all about is what happens after Jesus ascends and pours out His Spirit, and how does that set the tone or set the stage for the church age that we're in today? Even now, we're in the same generation, the same era, the same church age that started in the book of Acts. So Acts is all about laying the groundwork for how things are going to function in this time. When Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is raising up disciples, raising up people, saving people for that one day when he returns, takes us all home with him, and we enjoy him forever. That's what this age is all about. So Acts chapter 19, turn on your Bible or open your real Bible like this one. Um, this, I don't know if you know, this is actually a Bible. It's got pages and everything. It's pretty cool. Uh, you don't have to turn it on. You don't have to plug it in. But you do have to put on your glasses. Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. The Apostle Paul is on this mission. And he is on, really, he's finishing up his second missionary journey, starting his third. And the Apostle Paul has, um, has come to Ephesus. And let's read this in verse 19, chapter 19, verse 1. It says, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. And he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. 
And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. Now, this kind of sounds like an odd thing for Paul to do. You meet some people and you go, Well, did the Holy Spirit come in? Here's what has happened Apollos is a really gifted speaker. And he at some point came into contact with John the Baptist or John the Baptist's disciples. And he became a preacher and a proclaimer, much like John the Baptist, to say, you need to repent. The kingdom of heaven is coming. Jesus is coming. This one is coming. The forerunner is who John the Baptist was. And so, and so Apollos is preaching this all over the place. But in the end of chapter 18, we learned this a few months ago, that um, he came to the city of Ephesus, and he preaches this, and all he really knows is the part where you need to repent because Jesus is coming. He doesn't know the rest of the story that Jesus has come and that he's poured his spirit out, right? Jesus has come. He's paid the ultimate price. He's been the ultimate sacrifice. And he has ascended and he's poured his spirit out on his people. And so when Paul preached, when Peter preached in Acts 2, he said, they said, what shall we do? He said to repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. That's the whole story that Paul wanted them to know. Peter wanted them to know. And so when Paul comes to Ephesus, he meets some people knowing that Apollos has been there. Now later in Corinth, in, later in Ephesus, Apollos would run into two people, Priscilla and Aquila, really great godly couple whose names rhyme, which I think is really special, um, Priscilla and Aquila. And he runs into Priscilla and Aquila, and they hear him speak, and they go, hey, listen, dude, let's talk, because you're missing the rest of the story. I love that gentleness, that love to say, hey, I love what you're doing, you got some you're, you're, you're presenting well, but you're missing the rest of the story. You're missing the fact that Jesus did come and that the Spirit's been poured out. And so they completed Apollos' ministry. So in the first few verses, we see that Apollo, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul comes to Ephesus. And so knowing that Apollos had been in Ephesus, it's a natural thing for Paul to meet disciples and to go, hey, did you hear the Apollos story or have you heard the whole story? Did you get the, the beginning of the transaction or did you get the complete transaction? And that's what Paul is asking. They knew some good stuff. They knew that repentance was necessary to receive this gift of God that was coming, but they didn't know the rest of the story. So many people are just like this today. Maybe there was someone told them some of the story of Jesus. Maybe they got part of the gospel. You know, the gospel today is so abused in so many ways, and the story kind of goes like this. Well, all you really need to do is just pray a prayer, and then you've got your fire insurance, and you can do whatever you want. Did you ever get that sense from listening to someone? See, following Jesus, receiving this gift of salvation is to be reborn. If all you really want is to say, Jesus, I want you so I don't go to hell, well, that's nice, but that's really not what he's offering. Jesus is offering you a new life. And he's saying to you, I'm offering to pay for your sin that you could never pay for that's going to send you to hell. That's what I'm offering to you. So when someone receives the gift of salvation, they're saying, I want to receive the payment that you made for me, Jesus. There has to be an incredible conviction that happens. 
it's an incredible turn from saying, I'm going to earn this. I'm a really good person. I, I'm better than most people. And I want credit for that. It's, it's abandoning all that and saying, Jesus, I, I'm never going to get there. That's why sometimes church people are people who are raised in a good home. Sometimes the hardest people to reach. Because they feel good about themselves. I want to abandon all the goodness I did. I want to get credit for that. Well, that's, that's not what following Jesus is about. Following Jesus is about saying, Jesus, I, I'm bankrupt spiritually. I need you to save me. I'm hopeless without you. So that's what's happening here. And Paul is saying, what did you, what did you begin with? And you know, missionaries find this situation a lot. Uh, missionaries will be on the field and they'll run into some of the beginnings of the understanding of the gospel that maybe God at some point helped them understand or maybe someone gave them a part of it. And there's an incredible book by a man named Don Richardson who was a missionary in New Guinea among the Sawi people. And he found that they, their language was, had never been written. The Bible had never been translated into their language. And he was working on that. And he kept trying to help them understand the concept of Jesus and salvation. They just weren't getting it. But then he learned about a tradition that they had, which was that every year... Two, the, there were two tribes that lived really close to each other and were constantly at war unless every year they would take a child from a couple that they had birthed from one tribe and they'd give it to the other tribe. And the other tribe would do the same thing. They could take a child from their tribe and they'd give it to the other tribe so that they had what they called a peace child. And that's the name of the book. And because they shared each other's children, they didn't go to war. They thought if they exchanged a child, they would have peace. And so Don Richardson said, listen, that's who Jesus is. He's the peace child. He's the one that brings you peace with God. And so he completed their story and so that they all... Both tribes started getting saved and being so grateful that Jesus is our peace child. Jesus is the one that makes us right with God. Jesus is our peace child. And they were so excited and they began getting saved. But they, they came and they asked Don. They said, hey, you know, we've been living like this forever. Did your grandparents not know about this? Why didn't they come and tell us? So there are people around the world who have begun a transaction but it never got completed. Or they have an incomplete understanding of the gospel message. And it's our job to help them know. And that's exactly what Paul is doing here. Verse 4. Verse 4 of, church, of chapter 19. The good news is that that transaction can be completed. Paul says this. He says, Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after them, after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And they were about 12 of them in all. So Paul says to them, listen, it's happened. All that John was preparing you for has happened. It's time to be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To say, Jesus, I need you to save me. 
I, I, got, I acted on all that I knew previously, but now I'm acting on the complete story of Jesus Christ. I want to be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that means they were immersed following their decision to follow Jesus and to receive his gift of salvation. And they received the Holy Spirit. And it says that they prophesied and they spoke in tongues. And it, it really feels a lot like what happened at Pentecost in the original coming of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And at least for a time, probably a brief time, they were able to speak in languages they didn't know. You see, when the Holy Spirit shows up, He makes a difference. The Holy Spirit shows up, He always makes a difference. Paul said in Ephesians, later he would write to these same people in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, don't be drunk with wine, right? Because drunkenness changes you in a negative way. He said, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be changed in a different way. Allow the Spirit to affect you, to change you. The Spirit always makes a difference. In Ephesians 3, again, same people he's writing to. Ephesians 3, 16. We've been talking about this verse a lot in our prayer meetings and in our church in general. Ephesians chapter 3, 16. I just love this because it talks about what the Spirit does to help us be filled with God. It says, that he, Paul says, I'm praying that according to the riches of His glory that He may grant to you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Let me ask you, do you need to be strengthened with power in your inner being? I want you to be built up and strengthened in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See, it's the Spirit who empowers you to be filled. If you haven't received the Spirit, you're certainly not filled with the Spirit. You're certainly not filled with God. The Spirit always makes a difference. The Spirit also does something else, right? He also produces fruit, right? The Spirit produces fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is crankiness. Frustration, annoying behavior. No, it's not what it says, is it? There actually is a whole other list of the flesh, which you can read just the verses right above this, but this is what the Spirit produces. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Wouldn't you like those to be the words that people characterize your life by? Love, joy, peace, patience. Wouldn't that, is that how your life really is right now? See, that's the fruit that the Spirit wants to produce in you. That's what He is trying to bring out of you. And our challenge is we are kind of resistant to that sometime. Or if you've never received the Spirit, you're not going to have that kind of fruit. It's really important that we look at our life and go, is that what characterizes my life? 
love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Is that, is that what's happening in my life? That's what the Spirit wants to do. And then John 16, 8, God's Word says, Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit. He says, when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You say, I don't really want to be convicted. I just want to be happy, right? Don't tell me what's wrong with me. I, I, I'm as good as I'm going to get, right? Maybe you get to that age, you're like, you know what? I, this, is, this is me, and I'm not going to change anymore. Listen, don't ever miss the love that God shows when he convicts us of sin. If there was no conviction of sin, you would never choose to receive Jesus. If there's no conviction of sin, you never repent and you miss out on the incredible glory of being innocent by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're not convicted of sin, I don't think Jesus lives within you. I don't think you're really saved, honestly. There's no conviction. So honestly, when you feel convicted, if you feel convicted right now, you need to be thanking Jesus Christ that His Spirit is right there. Because He's saying to you, listen, I don't want you to miss out on the closeness to me and closeness to the Father. I don't want you to miss out on that. So just repent of this. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How you doing? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit? You see, when we fight conviction, we're dealing with this issue as, well, maybe I just received Him as Savior, but not really as Lord. I've heard people say this. You can't really do that. It's not really an option because if you receive him as Savior, he is Lord, whether you like it or not. Sometimes people wrestle with that. Well, I want to follow Jesus, but I just kind of want to keep living the way I want to live. It's a miserable way to live, number one, and it calls into question whether or not your transaction ever really got completed. Oh, don't miss. Don't miss what Jesus wants to do. So, transactions, sometimes doesn't get completed because we just got distracted, didn't get the whole story, we didn't know the whole story. But we can complete that transaction. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit comes in. But sometimes there are people who intentionally don't complete the transaction. That's what happens in the next set of verses. It says this in... Um, Verse 8 and 10, verse 8 through 10 of Acts, it says, And he entered the synagogue, and for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and he took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. So here's what Paul does. He's like, all right, I'm going to teach you guys. I'm the best I can. I'm going to present to you. He takes these 12 people, uh, and he goes into the synagogue, and he teaches, does this thing. And after three months, some people that you think would want to receive this news don't. It's always interesting. There's people that have a, sometimes people have so much of a godly background that it causes them not to receive Jesus. People in the synagogue said, no, we don't want that. We're resistant to what you want to do, Paul. 
So Paul says, all right, I'm just going to take the people who will listen, and I'm going to go next door to this big lecture hall called the Hall of Tyrannus, and I'm going to speak and preach, and I'm going to teach them all I can. And he spends two years there at least. You know, sometimes it takes a while to get it, doesn't it? Some of you, it's taken you a long time to really understand and to receive and to be open to the Holy Spirit convicting you to salvation where you would say, yes! Ah. Ah. I can't believe I didn't see it before. For you, it may have been, a, may have been more of a sunrise than a lightning bolt. For you, it may have been just a time where, where God, God gently and gradually drew you to Himself. For some people, it takes a long time. But know this, that there is a limit to the amount of time. To two years, Paul does move on. It might take a long time. Oh, but don't delay. Because the time is short. Paul ministers for two years. He reaches people you wouldn't think he would reach. And people get saved. People are baptized. And it's an amazing, amazing time. For two years he did that. It took some people a long time. Let me ask you, is today the day you need to complete your transaction? There is no Holy Spirit in your life. You want to live how you want to live? Maybe you have a particular sin area where you're saying, I, I can't follow Jesus because I have to hold on to this sin area. And you can name one of a hundred probably, but listen, you don't, you don't really have forever. God of the universe paid the price for your sin. Offering for that to count for you. That's the essentials of the gospel. There is a way out of brokenness. There is a way out of a sinful lifestyle that is far from God. And it's called the good news of Jesus, which means He'll pay for your sin if you'll let Him and admit that you need Him to pay for it. What's keeping you from completing that transaction? Maybe you felt like you completed the transaction a long time ago. Maybe you thought that you completed the, you had your card in there long enough, but you took it out too soon. Or maybe you were like me and you're, sometimes you're, you're trying to buy something, you just can't really decide. Is it too expensive? Is it the right one? Is there a better deal? And you just kind of had this thing on hold for such a long time, thinking that maybe, maybe something better would come along. Listen, I can't guarantee you tomorrow or lunchtime. No one knows how much time we have. I love how Jesus speaks in Mark chapter 13. He says, The kingdom of God is like a businessman who left his employees in charge and he went on a journey and he said to them, Take care of things. He said to them, Stay awake. Stay awake. You're going to think that I'm not coming back, but don't fall asleep because I am coming back and you don't know when that is. Stay awake. Sometimes I think it's, we feel like life is all about our comfort and our security and a good life. When this life is all about completing our transaction and helping as many other people complete their transaction as well. Because we don't know how much time we have. We do know this. We have less time than we had yesterday. And the way the world is going, listen, let me tell you, the world isn't going to get better. 
The world is not your home. Don't get too comfortable. There'll probably be more revival. There'll be more people coming. But listen, it comes out of more and greater difficulty that we see in our world and more sinfulness that we see in our world. The only reason the world is still turning is because Jesus and the Father believe there's still fruit to be harvested. That's to be the thrust of our life. If you've completed your transaction with Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus and you know the Holy Spirit lives within you, yeah, you've, you've got some issues, but He's convicting you of sin and you're living a repentant life, you're in great shape, but your, your, your quest is not just to have a comfortable life. Your, your quest is to help as many people into heaven as possible because it's coming. It'll be sooner than you think. Complete your transaction. Help others complete their transaction. Say, well, Steve, I don't really know. I don't know exactly where I am. I'm not where I'd like to be. How do I how do I take a step forward? It's as simple as responding to Jesus Christ. The invitation is repent and believe. I'm wrong. I can never be right. And I'm trusting you, Jesus, to pay for my sin. I want your spirit to come into my life and I want to live a life that honors you. That's the complete transaction. Are you ready to make that transaction? Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out